Did it make? Oh, there it goes. There. It has to wait for me to like accept. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. The <laughs> new Zoom thing. Oh, well, fucking Zoom. You know the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Welcome back uh, to Tampa Bay Cop Talk. We are again here to preview the upcoming match for Liverpool in the Premier League uh, this weekend, which is 12.30 kickoff if you're here with us on the East Coast Saturday against Chelsea at home. Uh, I'm Jordan, and I'm once again joined by my dear friend, David Rice. Say hello, Dave. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Even with two people, the intros are awkward. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to say this one like I'm shouting it into a cave, but say it very quietly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, we all are coming out of our code caves, aren't we? So it's a bit appropriate. Um, Real quick, the Burnley match. Um, Much to do about nothing for me. A lot of hype about Burnley coming in. They're going to bully us. We've had trouble with breaking down these type of sides. I think the first you read. I don't know, man, <laughs> but people are putting into my head to like, hey, you know, I even put it in my own head. And, you know, last two times we played him at Anfield, we didn't beat them. Um, but for me, it was pretty routine. There was a couple of moments there. Burnley definitely had a foothold in the first half a little bit. But again, it's one of those things where you're living in the moment and you're shitting your pants. And then afterwards, if you watch it back, knowing it's going to be two nil, you're kind of just like, oh, yeah, there's there really wasn't much trouble here. What are your impressions from the Burnley match? Yeah, I thought it was like they, they didn't really trouble us too much. It said, the only time was what the Allison thing at the end, which was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I just love that he like just swatted the ball away. I think yeah. that was this game, right? I'm getting the mixed up with the last game. No, know, the, but... the, the triple save was the Norwich game. If you're thinking yeah, about yeah, the triple yeah. save, yeah, that was the Norwich game. Yeah. He didn't have much to do this game. He did make it a couple close down saves. Yeah, other than that, like now that I think about it, he wasn't even involved that much <laughs> he had the one on the breakaway where he got his hand stretched out down low and like got like it's like you know i've been training goalkeepers as part of coaching and it's like the the picturesque like get your hand down into that position and make the save with the strong hand um but other than that he really wasn't bothered the most trouble he had was when the ball went into the cop end uh, at the end of the game and rather than giving him the ball, the cop just held onto it and started chanting his name at him for about 20 seconds until the referee blew full time. Paul from Paul from Redmen had his video vlog of like going to the game like he usually does. And he put that clip in at the very end. And it's funny because Allison's kind of just standing like, no, but come on, give me the ball. And the whole cop's like, Allison, Allison, Allison. He's like, yeah, but can I get the fucking ball, lad? I'm trying to, I'm trying to play football here. And then the, the game here. And then the ref blows the whistle and Allison's like, okay, you know what? Round of applause for you guys thanks very much but yeah i mean that was the most trouble he really had um you know the uh, main... I... go ahead sorry no i mean i thought you know i called two nil and you did. Uh, he, i get it, it in was... early he did call fact, i did i'm just gonna keep bringing that up now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i felt like it was gonna be routine and then it was i felt like you know first game back in front of the cop there's no way that this isn't gonna go our way yeah i think my favorite part of the game is that costas scrap where he like fights two guys to get the ball back and then pass, just for a back pass. You see yeah. him walk off the pitch for a second, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, walks back on. We'll get to he, it when, when we preview he's been the next mad impressive. No, we'll get yeah. to it when we preview it. But that was like that moment where Robbo chased down the ball against City. And it's like, oh, Anfield's bought into you now. You you now have the support of all of Anfield by giving that little bit of extra effort there. And now and now we back the lad. You know that was that it was a small moment, but in his career, it was absolutely absolutely huge in my mind. 
I think these two games just like completely changed his career. He's a Liverpool. All of a sudden, he's a Liverpool player, right? Like coming into the season, we we're like, I don't know, yeah. does he even exist, really? Yeah. And um, now, I'm like, shit, he's part of the team, man. Like, the ball can, he put in, interchange him, and the ball he puts in is fucking class. You can't. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, and that's he's uh, finding he's done that what, twice now. Yeah, he's finding like a five foot you know, seven player in between two six footers <laughs> on the edge of the six yard box. It's, it's, I mean, it looks so routine. For, like as a Liverpool fan, you see that so many times from your fullbacks that it like in your head, it's like, Oh, that's just what fullbacks do. But look around the league. There's not fullbacks putting balls into those positions. And we have two left backs now that legitimately have service, which is, you know, a crazy prospect to think of. You can tell how good a ball it was too, just by the look on both center backs faces afterwards. They're just like, are you kidding me? Because yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the announcer's getting on bent knee there for looking over his shoulder and not getting closer to him. But I'm like, he's also got a guy in front of him though. So like, as a center back, you have that conundrum of like, I don't want to give him too much space, but I need to like come back just a little bit. And it's like, how, where do I position myself? And then Costas goes and does that, and you're like. I mean, fuck, I, you know, I got to be in the exact right spot for that to not hit him on the head. I mean, yeah, we talk about this a lot when we talk about Liverpool playing other teams and getting so frustrated when other teams do what they want to do well. I mean, hey, you can go on about the center back not checking his shoulder, but sometimes the left back just puts in a perfect ball and there's nothing you could have done anyways. Like the left back's allowed to do that. The center back isn't, you know, necessarily guaranteed always defending that ball. Sometimes you're just put in the bad spot, the perfect ball comes in and voila, uh, a set of uh, five foot seven player heads the ball in in between <laughs> two massive dudes and it just happens, you know? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I give credit to cost this and then obviously jota knows something about being in the box and finding those positions because he's, he's done it a lot for us to be fair i'm just still surprised at how much he scores with his head for such a small man it's very strange <laughs> I'm, I'm happy he actually got to celebrate though this time like actually like enjoy yeah. the goal instead of spelling out words letter by letter weirdly into the camera and stuff like that he <laughs> actually looks that. like he enjoyed himself a little bit um, How about Burnley being shit houses and making us go towards the cop in the first half? Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I take it we lost the coin toss. That's that has to be what's happened here. Yeah, and only Sean Dyche would be the type of manager to think, you know, rather than asking for kickoff or maybe where the wind's going. No, make them attack the cop end first half, and it's like, lad, they're getting forty-five minutes towards that direction, anyways, right? Like, you know, is it easier scoring in the second half, cop end? Like, is that easier? Uh, we can ask <laughs> Ashley Barnes how that went for him. It didn't go so well, <laughs> which was another amazing moment of the match. It was Ashley Barnes like heading it in just after the second half starts, or we're putting it in just after the second half starts, and then giving it the big one to yeah. the cop just as the line. I was like, well, actually, no, lad, uh, you were offside. <laughs> and then he's like, well off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not even close. <laughs> uh, no, we it don't was, need to get the VAR out. It was off, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was satisfying. And, you know, someone pointed out to me in the pub, Scouse Matt, if any team was going to have the first goal disallowed by VAR this season with the new, we're not drawing lines, you could always bet it was going to be Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Poor Mo Salah. Yeah, and that one was like, it was tight. I, I mean, he probably was off, but not by much. To be fair, when they showed the image without the lines first time, 
pretty much everyone that I was watching with was like, oh yeah, he's he's off, isn't he? So like, I don't. It's have, not by a lot, but it was off. It's, I don't have any qualms enough. with it. I'm happy that it was quick. I'm happy that there weren't moving little pixels, and you're like, where are they even? They just kind of showed you a picture, and they made the decision. We can live by it and and keep going. I'm fine with it. Fine, let's yeah. go. Let's 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 you know a little bit of margin. The only the other thing of note for from the game for me was that we both talked about for a very long time, like, you know, what do you do with Verge? Do you play him again? Are we going to, you know, I know we were both made to look like dickheads. <laughs> it's in, it's actually, it's actually incredible. Not so much Verge because I think Verge's status as a center back in the game and in the team, he gets to enjoy doing a lot less of the work. He's kind of like defensively, like the last man, like you don't want it to get to him, but if it does, he's going to handle it. The person mm-hmm. who's doing a lot of the defensive work up in the midfield, winning the balls, pressing as the center back is Joel Matip. And this guy hasn't played competitive football as well for six months, but both of them, they drop in and it's like, what were we actually worried about with these guys coming back into form or whatever? Like they've just hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, it's been said elsewhere, but if Joel Matip wore a Barcelona shirt, people wouldn't shut the fuck up about him. It's so true, man. You know what I mean? Like it's because he actually plays next to Virgil Van Dyke that he like no one can appreciate how good this fucking guy is, but he's amazing. He's like, and it's not even the just defensively too. It's like playing the ball. No, it's and like yeah, being it's his in the box, see the game. Yeah, he's to understand the game where the attackers are going to be and where when to put a ball through and when you know when to just play a a, a ball out to the fullback when to play a ball over the top when to keep it on the ground and slide it in the nabby like he's just got such good judgment he can do all of those things as a passer he's you've said it before he's, yeah you know he's world class as a passer and, and then his defending is just it, it's crazy good <laughs> i just like my yeah i really just if he can stay on the pitch and just play like 30 games this season we're probably we're gonna be really hard to beat like, yeah, because you can all like Jurgen said this week, you can only have 11 players on the pitch. And if Virgil van Dyke and Matip are playing 30 games together this season, we're going to win a lot of fun games. Keep a lot of clean sheets, too. I mean, we're two for two in clean sheets early season. Um, I granted it's Norwich and it's Burnley, but you know, these were games we conceded in last year, and the likes of you know, replace Norwich with Fulham and then replace. Well, you don't replace Burnley, Burnley was still up there, but you know, like Burnley came to Anfield and scored, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's no small feat in these exact fixtures, you know, we we've already improved, you know, yeah. we're, already, we're already up on last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to me to think that we spent that money on a center back and he's sitting on the bench week in and week out and the whole off season, <laughs> and may not get on the pitch. <laughs> exactly. In the whole off season, he may not get on the pitch until we play Norwich in the league cup, you know, like, like it's, it's crazy. And then the other thing, realistic is that Joel Gomez is sitting there on the bench too. And and then you have a little thing to yourself. You're like, wait a second. Even if Joe doesn't hit the ground running and we have to lean on Matip, Virgil, and Kanate, and then Gomez is there. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, the guy that no one seems to remember, but he's still on the team until further notice. Nat Phillips is still lurking around in the background, by the way. We have five center backs. Really good ones too, man. And like we made a Really good ones. We made a case for Nat Phillips against Burnley and you, granted, you know what? Do you want Nat Phillips starting against like this weekend against Chelsea? No, but there's no. a place for him in the Premier League. <laughs> there's reasons why Premier League teams are looking at him. He can serve a purpose in the Premier League. And we're just, 
from going from having no center backs and leaning on a child and a guy who was basically one foot out the door to being, you know, in this position now, it's just, it's kind of surreal that it's all turned around so quickly. Yeah. Well, has Brighton spent that Ben White money? Not yet. We'll see. See, I still think that that move might happen for him, but if he sticks around, he's more than welcome. I mean, he's, he, he did so much for us last season that, you know, it's worth it to keep him around a little longer. Yeah, as the transfer window winds down, we'll definitely see whether we hold on to Nat Phillips or not. Um, but anyways, enough about, you know, smashing Burnley off the park. Although I do want to, I do real quickly want to point out that like, you know, the Premier League being like, oh, we're going to let it be a little more physical. There's letting it be a little more physical and then allowing Burnley players to just like run through the back of our players. And you know, I talk. really enjoyed them launching Jota. Yeah, like, like when he, <laughs> just, just picked him up and throw him. <laughs> I think that was what was that Edmondson or whatever good Gunnarsson or oh, good Munson, yeah. yeah, whatever Icelandic like, player they yeah, have. I like how I like how Nabby is like waiting, waiting, waiting. They just body slam him, and then Nabby just sort of casually picks the ball up and continues. <laughs> And then the ref calls it back, and Nabby's like, "What the hell, man? I got to play on." And I, was, man, I, was... I was doing a thing here. Oh, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about Nabby when we get to that uh, starting. The thing 11. I'd like to say I was uh, maybe most happy about was that is the second really good performance from Sadio Mane in a row. That's true. And uh, you know, it's after the season that he had last year, we all know the frustrations that he dealt with. So for him to come out, he played really well in the first game. It was a big factor against Norwich. Then comes into this game and gets that goal. It's just nice to see Sadio firing on all cylinders again. It's nice to see all mm-hmm. four of the front four already have goals to their names and assists mm-hmm. to their names. Like they've already opened the accounts. That's a big deal, you know. Just like getting off the schneid, as they say. Like it's a mental block thing, and they've all done it within two weeks. And like the one that maybe you felt the worst about after Norwich was Sadio not getting his goal. And he scored a fucking amazing goal. I mean, everything about it. And I guess we'll get the touch on the, the little guy now, like Harvey oh, Elliott man. taking that ball out of the air. Like, listen, I know we watch professional footballers week in and week out at the highest level and doing stuff like that seems to be routine, but it's not routine to take a launched ball out of the sky off your chest, keep it there, take it off your chest again, and then bring it down for play. It's not the easiest thing in the world. The Never other mind thing- when you're 18 and in front of 50,000 people. Yeah, exactly. It's not normal. <laughs> and beyond like, you know, he didn't do like many like, you know, stunningly spectacular things. I was upset that he, he didn't get that assist for Mo because he threads two players and plays he the does. perfectly weighted it, pass. It, that was the most heartbreaking part about it, actually. But like Jurgen said, like I can see why we're talking about him so much because for an 18 year old to have a performance that mature is, you know, it's notable. It's, it's, it catches your eye. Yeah, man. And I mean, you know, unlucky for Ox that he had like that he had a baby on that day, but like he took his opportunity and he didn't look unlucky, out of place. Yeah, hey, sorry. Yeah. Unlucky <laughs> lad. Baby, <laughs> Congratulations, but unlucky, man. Uh, but like doing the little things, and like he only got caught off, caught out of possession once at the top of our box. But in that passage of play, everyone was caught out of possession and losing the ball. So he didn't look out of place. He was, you know that's the that's the thing about it like he didn't look like lost he wasn't bullied off the ball he kept control possession and he just seemed like he'd been playing in the team for years yeah no and the thing is is you know we were coming into this season and you listen to all these analysts you know nbc whoever what are they all saying about us right like why aren't we title contenders with chelsea and city right 
And they'll keep saying the same thing, like, oh, well, Liverpool's depth. They've just got issues with depth. And they're all looking at us from last year. But they all have five center backs. We've got two left backs. We've got a, a right back who's the best right back in the world. He's backed up by a child who's scoring goals that if Messi scored him, everybody would cream themselves. Yeah. And we've just now won two games on the bounce with not what anybody would consider their first choice midfield. Yeah. Right. And you look at the bench and who's on it. It's like, well, Joe Gomez, Canate, fucking uh, Firmino, Fabinho. Fabinho. Yeah, yeah, Firmino, Fabinho. Um, you know, Harvey Elliott would probably normally be there. Like nor- on a normal day, let's say it's the, the starting 11 that you think it would be, right? Firmino is probably still there because Jota's at in this form. point. Yeah, he's in form and you've got to put him there. So Firmino is still starting the game on the bench. It's a hell of an attacking option to have to bring on. Harvey Elliott, Keita, Ox, Joe Gomez, Kanate, Shimakas. These are all players that are on our bench. Yeah. This is not a shit bench. This is a team that's built to fucking win. And like, yeah, we might not have the depth to go out there and win the fucking league cup, but no one gives a shit anyways. <laughs> like, everybody just wants the same prize. We want the Premier League. So... <laughs> we're built to win that thing and every, whatever happens in the cups will happen. I'd like to get one, but if it doesn't happen, Hey, whatever. Yeah, man. We can compete on, on the other, on the two main fronts. And that's all I need. It's funny. Cause I kind of, you know, cause like leading up to the end of this transfer window before the season started, I think we were all were in a place as Liverpool fans where we bought into that idea with that. We didn't have depth. And I think these two games have been like, no, look, here's your depth. You have it. Like, look at it. And you go wait a second and you kind of process it. And like, yeah, people that you didn't even mention yet. Curtis Jones, James Milner. Jesus Christ. Like, you know, like there's, there's Uh, one of the most, the best veterans in the league and a guy that's going to play for England eventually. Yeah, exactly. And then like our bench this weekend had Robbo on the fucking bench. Like, you know, like. It was, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not city, but we have more depth than United. We have. I, th- I would say we have more depth than Chelsea, like, you know. Or at least equal to both of those. Yeah, exactly. You and, know? We, and, like, you know, we have more depth than anyone else that's challenging for the top four or in consideration. So Certainly yeah, Leicester and Tottenham. So Yeah. Um, I the, the first two games of the season, as much as it's been about, like, calming me down and making me realize, like, you know what? It's, you know, Darius has been telling us, us this in the WhatsApp. Like, everyone will be healthy and it'll be all right. And I didn't really buy it. And I don't know if I fully buy it yet. But I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? It's kind of true. Cause like we were missing, like, not like just an insane amount of really key players. It pushed the team around It made us play differently. Going back to the Sadio Mane goal, you know, what we would have never seen last year, Trent Alexander Arnold inside of Mo Salah and the midfielder playing the combination to Sadio Mane. Cause he would have been sat back defending. And it was like, Oh, it's just, it's been amazing the first two weeks. And I'm very, very excited yeah, no, about this week. I, it is funny because I didn't buy it either. Darius said it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just didn't, I did not think Verge would come back this quickly. Yeah. I just wasn't, I thought it would be like he might start appearing after the first break. And then if all goes well, you'll see him inter- intermittently after that. That's how I figured it would go. Same thing with Joe. I didn't even know what to expect from Matip. I thought once we saw him in preseason, I was like, okay. He's probably going to play. And then it'll be him and Kanate for a little while with Phillips on the bench. That's what I thought we were going to see. Yeah. So this whole thing with Verge playing is sort of like blowing my mind. I'm like, oh, 
oh, okay, I guess this is happening. Like, yeah. I hope he doesn't get hurt. Well, the club set us up to think that they were going to slow roll Virgil. Like, Klopp was like, no, we're going to take our time. We're going to take our time. But apparently he was down in Dubai doing that, you know, stem cell knee therapy shit that's brand new. <laughs> and apparently it works. <laughs> but they I think gave him like a horse ligament or something. something man. <laughs> I think they definitely are slow playing Joe, like definitely. Yeah. But I think Verge came in and they, they looked at him and Verge looked back at them and said, no, I can do this. And yeah, I didn't expect two of the three to just slot right back in, especially not, you know, I've always argued that Joel Matip is our number two center back. I didn't expect the top two guys just to come back from lengthy injuries and like drop in. Like they haven't missed a fucking second. It's actually kind of insane. And they haven't even got the play with the best six in front of them yet. And like you said, the best midfield in front of them yet. And they're still keeping clean sheets and looking comfortable out there. Oh, and by the way, they haven't even got to play with their favorite left back yet. And it's just oh. like, it's the, it's the equation isn't even complete yet. And we're still winning comfortably in the premier league in games that people would say are tough, you know, a promoted team in their first home game. And Burnley is always a tough prospect or whatever. And we're just, we're walking it so far. Um, it was Joe, I think. I think it might still be a while. I think you'll see Kanate before you see Gomez. I, I was reading this article. It was talking about um, tendon injuries, specifically Achilles, patella. His is a patella. Yeah. And they were talking about how when they study like NBA athletes, right? Similar sport, like explosive. not quite as much. Explosive, right? Like you have to have that same type of agility. Well, they, they were talking about how they have to be managed like so on their first season back you really have to be careful like how much you play them like they can't play back-to-back nights they can't play you know a certain like if they fly this amount over a road trip you know they need to be rested x amount uh and you need to like make sure that there's x amount of days between serious workouts and all this shit that first year their stamina and endurance in that area is very low or not low, but they're building it back. So my expectation for Joe this year is like maybe 15 to 20 appearances and the rest will just be kind of managing him through it. And it'll be, they say it's always like one year after the return that they start to hit like full speed again. Yeah. So yeah, I still think we're a ways off from it uh, with him and it's just going to take time. But if Matip can stay healthy and you really don't even feel it, then we'll be yeah. in great shape. And I think that's probably the case of why you keep Nat Phillips at least until January to see like how much you can use Joe and how much you need the other, you know, fourth choice, yeah. so to speak, center back. Because um, if you're going into cup games with Nat Phillips, you're like, well, this ain't so bad. No, exactly. Like, <laughs> we, I mean, the thing about all last season was like we watched him in a very high stretch situation play the best teams in England, like the Premier League is the top 20 teams in England. So like yeah. anything that you're going to face in the league cup or FA cup is either going to be that level or lower. So like, you know, as far as like someone who can handle that. And if it isn't Joe Gomez and Kanate in the league cup, then maybe it's Nat Phillips and Kanate in the league cup. And that would be a fucking interesting center back pairing. <laughs> them two and Kelleher behind him. I'm like, guys, we're winning the league cup. Yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> Close to us and <laughs> we can fucking dream. We can fucking dream. Quadruple, um, here we come. <laughs> if we are going to win the quadruple, and here this is the segue here into the looking at the upcoming match. Um, 
if we are going to win the quadruple, it means that we have to win the league. And if we're going to win the league, I do believe that the opponents we have this weekend in Chelsea are going to be one of our competitors and a team that we're going to have to beat to the finish line and outlast. Um, looking at Chelsea transfer business, we went and had a look. Interestingly enough, Chelsea haven't really done much business this window. They let Tammy Abraham go. They finally gave up on Tamori, sent him back to AC Milan. Giroud finally left after being like, you know, the greatest, like, I feel like Giroud has always been disrespected, like at Arsenal and Chelsea, where like he comes in, doesn't, scores important it's goals. It's, not, it's it, not sexy the way he does it. It's like grit and grind, which for a French player, not always like, popular really right it's not it, it doesn't the way he does it is he scored some beautiful goals but the way he does it isn't like stylish it's just sort of like he pops up here at the right time boom hits it yeah. done goal or he just gets a header here or there but he does a lot of important work for the teams that he plays for and he did a lot of good things at chelsea so yeah man but you know i'm glad to see the back of him because you know he yeah he, <laughs> he was a good player for them um but you know they've replaced him pretty well both of them pretty well they brought oh, in yeah. Lukaku they did that thing again <laughs> where they're like hey you can go wait a second come back it's the Paul Pogba but the Chelsea version uh 100 million to bring back a player to be fair the player they let go is definitely someone that wasn't up to scratch yet the player they're getting back is probably one of the top three pure number nines in world football um I picked him as the golden boot winner in our preseason uh you know hype show uh yeah. and yeah you know what like I, even though he's played for, I, someone was saying this today, like even though I was listening to, even though they played, he played for a lot of our rivals, I can't help but like the guy. He's got a good attitude and he's persevered, man. Like a lot of people didn't believe in him in England, even when he was performing. He goes over to Italy, wins Inter, a, like the Serie A title, is a beast for Belgium. Breaks the Juventus like strongholds on the league. Yeah, man. <laughs> Never lost his Latin Ibrahimovic's AC Milan, like won the derbies. Um, and yeah, delivered Inter to the promised land after they've been waiting for a long time. And he's he's a class striker. The one thing that you could say about them last year was that Timo Werner just wasn't a good enough finisher. I can guarantee you if they give Lukaku half of the chances that Timo Werner got, he'll score more goals than Timo Werner did last season. Um, and I'm definitely yeah. not thrilled about the prospect that he's back in the Premier League, to be honest. No, no, it's terrifying. Like, if they didn't have a good enough lineup already, it's which is ridiculous. Their attack is absurd with the amount of names that it has. And then you throw in, like you said, one of the top three strikers on the face of the planet who is, you know, in his prime. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely concerning. Uh, it's just, it just basically, they were already probably title contenders, you know, coming in as European champions and a very good team. But now, I mean, they're right in there with City as favorites. I can see why people are like drooling over the both of them, right? But they will drop points at some point, and you know. Yeah, I mean, on the back of last season, and we we've seen it as Liverpool fans before in the past, where you win the European Cup, and it's kind of like this moment of realization for your team of like, wait, we can do this. Now, granted, they deserve the European Cup. There's a huge discussion about the final to be had and whether Pep Guardiola made it way too easy for them to win that match, but they earned it and they had it. After the half season they had under Lampard where they were out of the top four, scraping through the group stage, 
to end up finishing top four and win the European cup. I mean, that whole squad is going to be bolstered with belief. And yeah, before they signed Lukaku, the cheeky shot. And I was saying at the end of last season, I'm like, you know, if you don't really buy into us challenging city next year, the team that you would have to say has the best chance to push city is probably this Chelsea side. And now that they've gotten Lukaku, it'll be interesting because as Darius pointed out, they played a lot of anti-football last year. Do you play anti-football when you have all of these attacking options? Can you really justify it? Are you still going to play five at the back the whole season? At some point, does Thomas Tuchel try to play the four at the back, the four, two, three, one? Um, or does he stick to what works? Does he get figured out? It's, there's a lot of things that you know have to be answered still. But with Lukaku, they're an even more terrifying prospect than they were before, given that they are European champions. Yeah, and they, they, you know, they came to Anfield last year. And just put in the performance that they needed to get out of there with a one one nil win. They're a very mature side, uh, and then yeah, he's he's pretty good manager. I, I, do they play that way all year? Yeah, probably. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, with you. if it ain't broke, it wins, don't fix it, right? Exactly, exactly. It's like I think managers these days kind of get wedded to a, a system, right? Like this is what he's implemented there. This is what he thinks works. You know, Klopp has been very committed to the 4-3-3 we saw last year that even all of a lot of us were going well we don't have the people to play this (laughs) i mean he didn't switch it so and you know pep is somewhat the same way except he just doesn't he just switches out the personnel unnecessarily most of the time yeah right but (laughs) but um yeah yeah i think they probably will play that way and they're going to be difficult to break down they're going to be really organized in the middle you know when you've got players like Conte in the middle it's funny because he almost gets like forgotten in that team because there's all these names and it's like oh yeah by the way here's one of the best central men well, yeah the face. <laughs> and it's a piss take because Tuchel's leaving him on the bench and then when they have the lead the last 15 he's going all right I'm gonna send the fucking best one of the best sixes in the world now to go fucking end <laughs> the game now have a fun time out there, lads. Like what? Oh, we're going to sit Conte until the last 15 and then have him come out here and just eat everything up while the other team's trying to score. It's kind of <laughs> not fair. And yeah, people forget he's there, even his own manager. And then he turns around and goes, oh yeah, you could you could just shut this game down for the last 15. Come on. Go for it, man. Yeah, get on the pitch. Let's go. Um, yeah, man. I think that they're a proper squad. And it's funny how quickly it changed for them because under Lampard, they, this side was shit. It was a joke. It was like, oh, fat Frank doesn't know what he's doing. They might not even get top four, all this money wasted. And then guy comes in, new manager bounce, boom, boom. Real quick, last five against them because you mentioned it. They did come to Anfield last time and beat us one nil. There was no crowd. We owe them one. And you know how I feel about vengeful Klopp. The time before that, we beat them two nil away. Uh, Tiago's also no crowd (laughs) yeah Tiago's debut uh against Fat Frank uh before that was obviously the 5-3 at home to lift the trophy Frank Lampard going it's your first time winning the fucking league and you're giving it the big one what else are you supposed to do the first time you win the fucking league not give it the big one I don't know Frank figure it out uh the time before that was a 2-0 loss in the FA Cup which completely left my mind I, I don't remember this match. They beat us in they the played FA them in the FA Cup. Yes, and they beat us two nil. Uh, and we were at their ground and we lost. Like vaguely, oh. I vaguely remember Was that this. Like a round of sixth, fifth round game or something. It had to have been because we don't get past that yeah. round ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we. I don't remember now. I blocked it out. We won two one away that season in the league, which was the Azpilicueta. Trent. 
disallowed goal and the Trent Alexander Arnold free kick. And then yeah, the Trent free kick was something. And he gave the uh, Chelsea fans the sh right to their face. Mm. Absolutely fucking love it. Now, the last time Chelsea came to Anfield as European champions, it would so happen to be the 2-2 draw in which Luis Suarez bit Ivanovic. So, <laughs> precursors say this could be a very interesting match. <laughs> oh, we don't have any, like, who's the craziest guy on the team? That would bite someone. We don't have anyone that would bite someone. We don't have anyone. Yeah, we don't have anybody that's Robo that crazy could anymore. do something shit house, but he wouldn't go over the line. Like you know, he'll push Messi in the head. You know, he'll, he'll wind up opponents. He'll get in the face of someone, but he's not gonna bite someone. You know, I don't think he's gonna bite someone. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm like they don't have anybody that's like edgy like that either. So it's, it's probably gonna be okay. Yeah, we'll hope we can only hope uh, <laughs> that no one bites anyone during the match <laughs> on Saturday. Um, but enough about Chelsea. He was a wild card. He was a wild card. You never knew what to guess what you were gonna get. He had a goal, an assist, a yellow card for a handball, and then he bit a guy in one game. I remember because it was the weekend of my sister's wedding that game, and my dad came to the pub with me, and he never watches soccer really, right? So he's like what is this? And I, so I'm showing him or like the whole Liverpool club. He's thinking it's great. And then he's like, man, this guy's amazing. I was like, yeah, but you know, you just never know. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said that I was like, you just never know. He's wild. Like he's a, he's a maniac. Like he can, he can go, it's volatile. It'll go anyway. And then like later that it was like 30 minutes later, he bites the guy. I was like, you see a goal, an assist, an intentional handball. And then he fucking did a goal. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about the bite too, was that he bit him and then threw himself backwards as if Ivanovich had like like shouldered him in the face, in the teeth. Yeah, He's holding his teeth was the best part about it. He He's did like, this. Oh, he did the same oh. thing to Chiellini. I think he learned from his Ajax time when he bit that guy. Like he just bit that guy in front of everyone. Like and everyone could see that he bit him. And he was like, and I have to be. Was like even crazy. Like okay, it's it's crazy to bite somebody. Period. But the one for Ajax, he was face to face with the guy, and then he just tilted his head to the side and went vampire style on him. <laughs> oh, Luis Suarez. He was he was. If you didn't get to watch Luis Suarez Liverpool, you just missed out on a magical like three or four year ride. It was just inexplicable, from scoring was... the most incredible goals and doing the craziest things you've ever seen on the football pitch. To biting people, to force moves to Barcelona, it was just all over the fucking map, man. It was just all over. Bans for rape, bans for racial abuse. Like you could, like, oh my god, this guy's a wild ride, man. Refusing to shake the guy's hand that he racially abused, it was all just fucking insane. The Arsenal forty million pounds plus one pound bid. None of it fucking made sense. Playing with Andy Carroll. And, you know, like making it work and none of it fucking made sense. Um, anyways, looking at us, the one bit of news that there is to report is that Robbo somehow, some way as maybe because he's made of iron brew. I don't know. He somehow made the bench for the weekend, which means that he could have played not started, but he could have played. And at the very least, he's probably in contention for this weekend. So we talked I'm about like, Shimikas a lot. I didn't read that right. Like, yeah. I, he had ligament damage. Yes. It's Great. not possible to heal that. Like, what so, the hell is going on? Like, the thing is, is that 
you know, people say it about in a lot of sports, you know, injury is one of the top ways you can lose your job. Injury yeah. is how Robbo got his job. Got his job, Alberto Moreno. Yeah. Um, I have no doubt that Robbo's been watching the matches and seeing Shimmy Cost and going like, holy fucking hell, this, this lad's playing well. Endearing you know, him- my ankle's fine. <laughs> yeah, endearing himself <laughs> to the Anfield faithful all at once, getting assists, uh, not seeming out of place. Um, so the main, the main, you know, we always do starting 11 and I think three or or four of the back five are the same. The question is, what do you do at left back, David? You know, I just refuse to believe that you can recover from ligament damage that quickly. Like, I think he's pushing it. And I'm going to say like, don't, don't let him make a mistake. And then, you know, Kosas is looking fine right now, but it's his first season really playing. I don't want him playing like 30 games because Bravo tore the, some you know ligament in his ankle. Just make sure that shit is 100%. I'm rolling with Simikas this weekend because he's feeling good. He's feeling confident. He's bedded into the team. I think that, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a good moment, especially if he's going to play Verge again, which they've had seven, they'll have seven days between games. He's probably feeling like, yeah, you know what? I can, I can roll Virgil out there again. I've seen the clips from training this week. Virgil's in. Yeah. So he's fine. He's fine. Hey, throw him out there and just roll Simicos again. I, I don't see any reason why not, right? It's been working so far. The real question for me is, you know, what do you do in the middle? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't want Robbo to force it. <clears throat> I also think there's a reality whereby if Robbo starts Chelsea – you have to release him to Scotland for the international break. Like there's no, no cheekily being like, well, he's not ready yet really. So we don't want to release him. I think if he plays like you don't have a leg to stand on to kind of refuse that. I don't know if Robbo would even let them like hold him back. Even if it was for his health, you know, he obviously cares about playing for Scotland a lot. Um, He's a captain. Yeah. um, And it's a tough one. Cause like, you know, if you take shimmy costs out, it's almost punishing good behavior. And so to speak, right. Cause he's been playing, he's been playing very, very well. Like there's no reason to take him out. There's no reason to drop him. Like the same thing at the other end of the pitch. Like you're not going to drop Jota for Firmino just for sentimental feels like you can't punish Jota. If he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, getting the goals. Um, so I probably would roll with Costas just for all the reasons that you mentioned. Like I don't want Robo to risk it. And then it's an even worse injury. Um, Costas has just been playing so well. Like, let's, you know, this is a test here. Let's see what you can do. Um, well, Rob on the bench. If he if he has an implosion, then you can always turn to him, you know, because he's there. But yeah, I just don't want to risk it. And that's a great point about the Scotland thing. Because then he goes, say he goes away, plays for Scotland, gets hurt, hurt there. That'd be just our luck. So I, if, if it means we could hold him back from international duty. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, right. Um, so then moving up the pitch, because I think we're in agreement here. There's no reason to drop Joel Matip. If Virgil van Dijk's already played two games a week apart, he's probably going to play this Saturday. And you're mm-hmm. just, you're, <laughs> there's no discussion about Trent Alexander-Arnold to be had. He's just fucking class, and he will remain there at right back, uh, much to my chagrin for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and yeah, Allison starting in goal. So there's there's those questions finished. Moving forward into the midfield, Um it's this is where the battle will be won in this game, so to speak, is in this midfield. So it's very important the selection here. So I think Fabinho definitely comes in. 
because he was probably slated to come in against Burnley and, you know, obviously unfortunate circumstances with his father passing, he took some time away. Um, but I think now, like, you're not going to sit him until what, three weeks from now before he gets action. Like that's insanity. Um, Fabinho definitely plays. I think you have to play Henderson and his more comfortable eight. So then the question for me, and maybe you differ on the Henderson thing, but the question for me is Nabi Keita. Now Nabi Keita in the last game wasn't, you know, doing the things that were noteworthy where we point out his performance, like with the pressing against Norwich. However, he was very tidy. He didn't make any massive mistakes. Uh, he just kept the ball moving. He kind of is falling into that Genie Vinaldum role very comfortably. Yep. So do you take him out? Do you leave him in? What is the option for who you put in there? Is this the right game for Nabi Keita, given the opponents? There's so many questions there about that last midfield spot for me. Um, I, I would he started against Chelsea three times now. He and every has. time, and every time he plays against Chelsea, fucking dares him a bit. So That's true. I'm tempted to say, hey, roll with it. Yeah. Like, let, him, let him play. Well, let's, you know, then you can go, okay, you're free. Hendo's going to do that gritty work. He's going to do the genie, or yeah, like you've got Fab to be your six, and, and now Hendo can kind of control the game. Now your job is go create, help the attack, see what he does. You know, I, I would see, I'd be interested to see that. Um, I'm not because I don't know. I think Tiago is still not quite ready, even though he's in training. Uh, maybe he's just not quite locked in yet. He made so, the bench for Burnley and he came on and did a couple of twirly whirlies and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, that's true. So I mean, I, yeah, I mean, but yeah, but do you, has Nabby kind of earned this, that's, this opportunity? I think maybe. Yeah. That's my question is because like, you know, he hasn't done the highlight reel stuff necessarily yet, but he's done the stuff that we need him to do in that role for the team to succeed. Um, you know, obviously he's doing something right. Cause we haven't conceded a goal. We've won two games and we've scored five mm-hmm. goals. So, so there's something going on there. Right. Tiago may be coming. Tiago looked well in the, like the 15 minute cameo he had against Chelsea last year, uh, in his debut. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, if that means anything in this match, but he did play well against them, uh, the one time. Um, but yeah, do you, it's the same thing with, with shimmy cost. Can you punish good behavior for Navi and drop him? And, and justify that. And there's also the case where maybe you let Hendo go free and you tell Nabby to do the dirty yeah, work. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because like you said, and like we've talked about this before, like there has to be a route into the team. Like it can't be like a, a set locked 11 when the rest of you are just filling in when someone's unavailable. That's not going to work. You're never going to keep players engaged or invested that way. So, it, you know, Nabby's found this little route into the team to start the season. And he's played well. He's done what he's been asked to do. He's been very responsible. Kept, you know, we've kept two clean sheets. We're scoring goals. What more, you know, look, midfield performance hasn't been bad. He's been a big part of that. So that being the case, like, can I, I have to allow this player this route is if I'm Klopp. And even though it comes at the expense of someone like Tiago or Henderson or whoever, hey man, this is kind of the way it is, you know, for now. And hey, it's Nabby, right? Like, There's definitely a risk he gets injured. We're going to have to manage him. So, but for now, he's healthy. He's running at full speed. Let's let's see where he can go. Let's see if he can become the 54 million pound signing with all the YouTube <laughs> highlights that we thought we were getting. Yeah. 
you know, because as much as, as great as it is that we bought Tiago, we spent more on Naby Keita. We were more invested in Naby Keita's future as a player at one time. At a time that we no one's even paying attention to Tiago. We assumed he'd be at Bayern Munich right now. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to give this player a chance to come good if he can stay on the pitch. And I want to see him on the pitch as much as possible. So this seems like a good time to do that. Yeah, I think it's a bridge too far for Harvey Elliott, even though, again, like, how do you punish good behavior? But I think Harvey Elliott's more well, in a position where it's understandable. Hey, lad, you're 18. Relax. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah. gonna get You've got chance. time, dude. And yeah. like, no one's expecting you to make your Liverpool career today. Yeah, We're expecting you to build that over the next few years. You've got plenty of time. Naby's kind of in a moment where, like, if he doesn't have a good season this season, then there's going to be like a conversation about like, should we make a decision to move him? What do we do with this player? We're not exactly sure how this is working out. So this is kind of like a make or break time for him, I think. So I, you know, you got to give him the opportunity to, to play that out and see how it goes. And it, it, you know, you can always pull him on an hour if it's, you know, if he's starting to struggle and just put Tiago in then. Yeah. Yeah, because as we mentioned, we have depth on the fucking bench. You know, it's just like because right now with this midfield that we've selected, we're leaving out Curtis Jones, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain, Tiago, and James Milner in that midfield, which is like not too shabby of options on the bench to come on and change the game if you need to. Everybody's talking about what Chelsea's going to pull off the bench, but if you're if you're Tuchel standing there and Klopp goes to the bench and it, he goes and he pulls up pulls up Tiago and Firmino, you're like. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, so you're not like, oh, good, they're going to the bench. So before we move forward, I will ask this question because we saw it once last year. We did see it once before the wheels fell off. This was actually the last game that we own that we had Joe Gomez when we played at City. We went to the four two four, and we got all of Jota, Firmino, we did Mane and Salah on the pitch, and it looked kind of enticing for a little bit there. Is there a chance a that we bit. that we see that? And if we do, is it? It's probably Fabinho Henderson, right, holding there. Although, is it Fabinho Keita? Is it Hendo Kane? It's it's an interesting idea. I don't think he does it because Chelsea are an interesting prospect. But that's why I point out the City match because there's no more interesting prospect than City to play. Um, any possibility? Yeah, if it's like we're a goal down, and but we're bossing the game. He might do it, but I, I just don't see it otherwise. Uh, to be honest, I just think he'll go straight with his usual setup and, and play it straight. Um, but yeah, that, that 4 2 4 thing, I mean, it's interesting, but I don't. I don't, I don't think I wouldn't expect to see that very often. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to blow a hole in my own suggestion and point out to everyone that the main reason that we probably did that is because Pep Guardiola, we're the only team that. Well, not true. We saw in the Champions League final, we're one of the few teams that Pep Guardiola is willing to seriously tweak his system for. And so I think Klopp tried to throw him through a roundabout there and be like, hey, what happens if we play a 4-2-4? You weren't ready for that shit, were you? (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, moving forward. And again, this is a question. Are we punishing, you know, good behavior here? Are we dropping Jota for Firmino? Uh, We tried to do it last weekend because he might have been a little hurt. But at this point, he's our leading scorer. He scored in two straight games. How can you even pull him off the pitch? No, you don't. You just roll with it. If he's healthy enough to play, he plays. Yeah. And, yeah, I I mean, I'm not taking Diogo Jota off for anything right now. This guy, we, we saw how he started last season. And then he got got that injury and it sort of derailed his season. But since he's come in, when he has played, he's been really consistent. 
Well, if he's going along the goal a game, that's fine with me. <laughs> Let's I mean, just keep it rolling, man. The ridiculous stat is that he has better goals per minute than Mo Salah right now. And we all know Mo Salah's goals per minute for Liverpool has been fucking insane. Granted, larger sample size for Salah. However, yeah. the start of Mo's career was much the same where it was like he couldn't help but score. And Jota's in the similar vein. And so, yeah. I mean, unlucky, Bobby. I mean, I'm sure there's a case for the three at the back. You want the attacker that drops, you know, but Jota's been scoring, you know? And there's going to be plenty of time for Firmino. Like, he's going to get a lot of games. Let's not forget about basically Bobby's going to have to carry us. Him and Jota are going to have to carry us through January. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not like Bobby's going to be short on opportunities to shine this season. And having him off the bench is fucking fantastic, man. Like, because he, he comes in, he can, you know, he has that fucking tight control, can pick out a pass, can do what he wants with the ball. Dude, I'm perfectly happy to have Bobby as your sort of super sub for a little while. And then, yeah, if, if somebody's form dips in the front three, you can move them out and slide Bobby into the middle, and Georgia can play either side. I mean, I, you know, I highly doubt we're going to be seeing many games that don't have him all solid in them unless he's injured. But, you know, if, say, say if Sadio, struggled again or if Jota you know went through an injury spell or struggled again Bobby's gonna get his minutes I'm not even worried about that yeah so sorry and then as you were talking there like just to add another iteration of like think about our depth and then he's a possible midfielder too and we just keep forgetting he exists Takumi Manamino is a person and he exists and at some point he might play football for us but it's not this game but I just wanted as you were talking about that I was like wait a second yeah, a person. but yeah, man, I mean, yeah, you're right. Bobby will get a chance later on in the season. This is all you know, like what you know, it just makes me wonder where's Mbappe gonna play? How's he get into the team? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good on you, sneaking in the Mbappe 2020 and 2022 <laughs> chat. Yeah, it's not happening for us, is it? But no. hey. The market is moving in a way that it all sets up for us to get Erling Holland next summer. And that is my new uh, rock to pound against, so to speak. Um, before we get to predictions, I just want to ask in general, you know, it's been a good long while since we've played a league game that has some substance to it. If it wasn't for fucking David Moyes and his brilliant footballing mind, this would be one versus two this weekend. Um, this is a top of the table clash. How, I mean, I'm fucking buzzing for it. I was buzzing the second we beat Burnley, knowing that we'd probably be going into this match, given that Chelsea were playing Arsenal, going up against someone who's the top of the table with six points as well. So, yeah, it's nice to be back in these matches. How excited are you, man? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, it's going to be nice to see, like, a properly intense football match. Um, and I really do enjoy beating the shit out of Chelsea, you know? I was... Uh, <laughs> I was there at that 2-0 in 2019. That was a really fun day. Because uh, their supporters, you know, there's just something about that. Chelsea, Chelsea, Oh, Chelsea, it's that fucking chant. awful, man. Every time I hear it, I'm like, you got to, it's got to have something to it. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> like, it's just, and they go to it all the time. And I'm always like, eh, you're all kind of awful. And, you know, there's all the other shit that goes along with their supporters, but yeah, yeah. the racism, and then all the bullshit, the fascism, that, <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then there's the you know the fact that they're, they're one of the oil clubs and the fucking way they've built their teams down the years and the Mourinho years. It, they've just always been very easy to hate. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is a this is one of those ones like I'm looking forward to 
Yeah, let's okay. They came to our place last year, hit us while we were weak. Let's put them in their place now. Yeah. I'm very interested to see the atmosphere on Saturday. And hopefully, because this this happened last weekend, where for some fucking reason the TV people decided to turn down the crowd noise so that we couldn't hear it as much. And so I had this impression that the crowd noise wasn't that good on Saturday. And I was kind of like disappointed by it. But then everything that I saw after the match from people who were at the ground were like, holy hell, like it was loud for 1230. It was loud in general, not even for 1230. Like the atmosphere was buzzing early. So I'm interested to see because it will be kicked up a notch. You know, Burnley first game back. Okay, whatever. 1230 kickoff. This is a 530 Saturday. Yeah. Like they had event. to give us a 1230 for the first game back. If that it's, meant that we get this one at, at you know, the 5.30, so, yeah. so that we over here can properly enjoy it, then you know what? Fuck it. I'm all for it. And it should be a massive atmosphere. Just be prepared to listen to the Chelsea fans for the bout during all of You'll Never Walk Alone. Just chant, we are the champions, champions of Europe, because that's just the fucking what they do. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. And you know what? Good on them. They are. Yeah. Enjoy it while that's you fine. can. Give it the big I, one. I, yeah, you got, yeah, you got you to do it. This is what it is. Just be prepared for us to sing. We won it six times and then remind you that we've won many more leagues and European cups than you have. And that, you know, we have one to keep forever in our trophy cabinet and you don't, but it's all right. It's, it's a friendly rivalry banterous, you know, it brings back fond memories. Raphael Benitez. I mean, it's not that friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael Benitez <laughs> on the sideline doing his little Buddha pose, writing down penalty kick takers. Like what is there not to love? You know, John Terry walking off the pitch crying while John Arne Reese is in his undies running around in the corner of the of Anfield like just you know it's a good time um somebody so, said to me last week they're like did you see what they did to Arsenal I'm like Come on, you, did you see what Brentford that, did to uh, Arsenal <laughs> I'm like did you have you seen Arsenal shit's a mess like, hey, listen, they got the kid the kid the video of the kid in the car crying was the with the the rant yeah I love the part where he's like we're fucking we've got less identity than John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, but that's that is the thing though, is that this is like a, a proper measuring stick for both sides here. If we beat Chelsea, for me, even maybe I shouldn't my expectations for us this season instantly switch to where I'm going. We're, we should be properly t- challenging for this title, if not winning it, if we beat Chelsea this weekend. If we draw, we're still in the thick of it. That's good. If they win, I'm looking at them going, holy fucking shit, this is a proper team. So it's a, it's a great measuring stick early in the in the league. And look, I thoroughly want us to go out there and lay down a proper marker, like the proper good old, you know, chaos of Jurgen Klopp days where we just go out and twat aside in like 20 minutes and everyone would be like, what in the fuck is going on? Um, like his first game at Chelsea, the first time we went there under him. Christian Benteke, Coutinho scores at the halftime. Yeah, and then Christian Benteke scores another one. Christian Benteke's finest hour as a Liverpool player, <laughs> it must be said. Uh, I actually remember that match because I was up in Baltimore at their supporters club for it, and it was a fucking boss time. I woke up at 6.30 in the morning to Uber out there because I was like at my, uh, my girlfriend at the time's like family house. And I was like, I'm not watching it fucking here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking care. I'm going, I'm taking a hundred dollar Uber to Baltimore and I'm fucking watching it in that pub. I don't fucking care. Uh, so worth it. So worth it. They have a guy. Where the fuck were you? Like, I was, I was in fucking like Virginia. I'm pretty sure. I don't even think I was in Maryland. 
but yeah, there's there's a guy at the at the Baltimore club. I you can't see it on this pod, but if you on the other pods, one of the red scarfs over my shoulder is from them. They have a guy there that dresses up as Rafael Benitez, and he looks exactly like Rafael Benitez. <laughs> and he's like he like does the character too. It's fucking awesome. But anyways, uh, prediction prediction time. Give me a score line. Is someone gonna get bit? And a man of the match. <laughs> uh i'm just gonna go with a another two nil okay virgil shuts down lukaku shocks everybody officially lays down i'm back bitches that would be an i'm back bitches if he were to shut down lukaku um especially after he opened his account in his first game with chelsea i think everyone's expecting him to just come and fucking twat the league if he shut him down that would be massive i agree a big reminder of like who the best center back in the world is like Arsene Wenger showed up to give me a trophy at training this week for a reason hose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other prospect, which is even better is like Virgil van Dyke does nothing. And Joel Matip shuts down <laughs> Lukaku. Like yeah. that. That's even better. I like that better. Uh. <laughs> and in the post-match verge breaks out his Joel shirt. He's like, I've done nothing. This man is the greatest right here. <laughs> I'm going to go with Mo and Bobby scoring. Uh, Bobby on as a sub who scores. Yeah. But Mo gets man of the match because he's fucking everywhere. Uh, no one gets bit, but there's an accusation of spitting. <laughs> <laughs> proper, fucking proper. <laughs> uh, man of the match? Uh, Mo. It's gonna okay. Be okay. Um, I'm going to go with a cheeky VAR red card early on for Chelsea. And that just kind of wow. derail, derails the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and we fucking win 3-0. I'll go 3-0. I'll go 3-0. And each What's one the, of the red card for? Um, it's a studs up high challenge. And like, you know, the referee just kind of misses it. And he goes to the monitor and he like realizes like, oh, yeah, that's a bit too cheeky there, isn't it? Um, and you know what? Give it to Tiago Silva. It's going to be fucking Tiago Silva on the back of uh, Mo Salah. And it's going to be in front of the Chelsea fans and they're all going to be like, he's a fucking diving, you know, all the xenophobic shit that they say about their <laughs> ex-player. And then Mo will score the goal shortly thereafter because, you know, I think I think ever since Chelsea fans have been racist towards Mo and like xenophobic and like, you know, Islamic phobic towards him, he's just enjoyed twatting them. So like I like he scored that thunder cunt of a shot. And the week leading the week 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 leading up to that game, there was just all these videos online of Chelsea fans like racially abusing Mo Salah. So yeah, you know, I remember. let's go for that. A little three nil. Mo Salah scores. Diego Diego Jota scores. Sadio Mane scores. The front three all scores. And then yet somehow, some way, <clears throat> they give the man of the match to Virgil Van Dyke for making Lukaku be invisible, even though it's Joel Matip doing all the dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I like man. That. I'm very Wait, excited. Does anyone get bit? No, no bites. Just, just the VAR red card. <laughs> I like how we've now built into this match for no reason that there will be drama just because Luis Suarez bit a guy, you know, nine eight years, years ago. ago. Yeah, eight years ago. <laughs> Goodness gracious. By the way, in that match eight years ago, Jordan Henderson and Azpilicueta, they both will probably play and captain in this game. So that's just an interesting fucking thing that's going on. A little tidbit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm very excited. It's a top of the table clash. We get to see where these reds are in comparison with one of the two favorites to win the league this year. So, and it's at Anfield. So what's not to love, you know, uh, anything else you want to add? 
No, I think that covers it. So we're going to have a crazy fucking match. It sounds like, according to me and David. <laughs> if you're, uh, yeah, if you're on the East Coast, once again, Saturday at 1230, go on out and watch with some fellow Reds, wherever that may be. Um, Cause it's always better to enjoy football with people, uh, especially people of like mind and who aren't, you know, fascist racist assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. It's, it's, yeah. It makes it more pleasant. Uh, anyways, until next time, I'm Jordan. I'm David. Up the red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 did I stop it? Oh, here we